This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Analyzing Anfield. I'm Josh Williams and I'm joined by the original man of the show, Christian Walsh. How are you doing, mate? I'm not too bad. You just said before the camera started rolling that you're going to call me the super sub. Well, I was going to get to that, wasn't I? Oh, I've ruined it. You've completely ruined it already, but how do you feel? I'm all right. I feel like Divock Origi. Yeah, well, David's uh, living up in America this week, so uh, obviously you've got your standing in. Um, hopefully performance to a, a greater level than our usual man. I don't know about greater. As long, <laughs> as, long as I'm just filling in the gaps, that's fine. Yeah, the staff gap, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Milner. Um Anyway, we're desperately trying to fill time this week with um, obviously the whole winter break thing that the Premier League are calling it. Uh, last week we addressed the Southampton match, Liverpool's overperformance and the player of the year debate that seems to be going on. This week we can actually look ahead to two matches. Uh, got no one to review at the moment, but we're looking ahead to Norwich. And... Strangely, it feels for me at least. Atletico Madrid seems to have came around quickly. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, massively. It, I'll tell you why it is as well. Um, last season in the last sixteen, Liverpool played uh, at Bayern Munich on the last possible game day in the Champions League. It was the last game to be played, um, and this time it's the first one. So whereas you're in Munich in mid-March, this time you're you're in uh, you're in Madrid, and it's absolutely freezing. Speaking of being in Madrid, are you actually going? Or? I am going, yeah. I, yeah. I am. I've got a, got a flight from... The, the stadium's really good. Yeah, it it's is, a yeah. cracking stadium. Great. Uh, I'm on an 8 o'clock flight from Gatwick on Monday morning. It's <laughs> just going to be amazing. Nightmare. <laughs> amazing. Um, let's hope the storms have passed by then. Don't say um, that. <laughs> I'm a nervous flyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, we'll start with Norwich. So, obviously, bottom of the league. And for me, they're probably the only team so far that... They're officially down, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, obviously, this shows about performance as much as it is about results. And I think once you actually delve into Norwich's numbers, they're maybe not as bad as they actually look on the, uh, on the table. Um, I think it's it's relatively undeserved to an extent. I don't think they're the worst coach team in the league. And I think that's, that's backed up by the numbers. I'm not sure it's backed up by the eye test, what would you say? Yeah, I agree. It feels to me, you look at the numbers and you look at the way Norwich play, it just feels to me as if you can be as much of a uh, as a solid or a, a sort of a well-coached team as you want. But I think we've said this before, you can only be as strong as your weakest link sometimes. And it feels like there's a fair few weak links in that team. And you know, eighty-five minutes of of, of, a, of a strong performance can be can be let down with five minutes of of underperformance, if you will. Whether that's an error at the back, whether that's uh, as we'll move on to uh, poor form in front of goal. Um, you know, they're, they're quite nice to watch. Obviously, the, I think they caught the eye when they beat Manchester City three-two, and they did so in a in a really expansive way. Um, you know, pressing they- high. I think they actually caught the eye when he got before. Well, yeah, that's fair. The first first game of the season, people took note, I think. Yeah, I think people were actually, if I I remember rightly from that, it was the first game, it was on the Friday night, wasn't it? And I I think people were slightly concerned for Liverpool because of how many times Norwich kind of uh, got in behind them and and enjoyed the ball when they had it. Obviously, Liverpool were nowhere near at at full full speed or full full strength um, for for various reasons. But... 
But, you know, yeah, you know, there are players there who at the start of the season, it felt like, it almost felt like Norwich could have been the Sheffield United. It felt like, you know, the, the, you, had the, you had Puki, you had Campwell, um, you had the, a couple of the, the defenders, Buendia, you know, we'll talk about these players in a bit, but it felt like they might be the ones who could could spring a bit of a surprise, you know, the charismatic manager who, who clearly knew what he was doing, but it just hasn't really worked out like that, both because, A, I don't think as a collective and a team they're good enough, you know, individually, um, and also because ultimately they've had a little bit of misfortune at both ends of the pitch. Yeah, I mean, plenty of times on this show I've, I've talked about, you know, Manchester City and the, the playing style of Pep Guardiola. And I've referenced a few times that because of the way you play, if you want to play like that and you're, you know, always seeing the ball, you're taking plenty of risks on the ball, building from the back, defending on the halfway line, pressing, and basically placing a lot of burden on on your players to, to be able to cope with those um, demands because, you know, I'm thinking in certain Liverpool matches, if a Liverpool player feels a little bit threatened or pressurised, he can just hoof it. And it's it's a bit age-old, but it's, you could look at it as percentage football as well. I call that the Van Dyke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one a game in him, hasn't he? Yeah, but it's, it's for me, it's percentage football. Um, and I think it's no, it's no surprise that City have struggled the first year under Guardiola and struggling this year under Guardiola not overall in terms of the numbers but one mistake when you're playing with that brand of football usually results in a big chance materialising um, and I think Norwich is similar albeit with worse players hence why they're playing the way they are so the numbers generally you'd say are okay which we'll get to but the results are terrible and it's because um, you know the the players in certain moments that there's been plenty of matches this season where you know you're watching soccer Saturday or whatever it may be and there'll be players in Norwich and then at the end of the match they've conceded three yeah. I'm thinking of Wolves I think they really dominated Wolves at home and they ended up getting beat three too I think yep um, so anyway we're going to the numbers so they're currently 14th in the league for expected goals so they've got the 14th best attack according to expected goals at least and in defence, they've got the 15th best XG against. Um, so, uh, as I said, there you're looking at about the 14th, 15th best team in terms of, you know, how well they're coached and, and how they're performing between both boxes and stuff like that. But it's because of the mistakes and, and certain little other things, not putting the ball in the, in the net, maybe, um, which is resulting in your results getting taken a bit of a knock even though your performances are decent. It just goes to show you, Norwich are actually, according to understand, fourth from bottom. Um, now, obviously, their cuts adrift, they are going down, as you say. I think they're the only team who are down at the moment. But they're pretty much level, dead level with Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, with a game play, a few a game played. So Expected points, is that? Expected points, yes. So there's a 12-point difference between them, but ultimately, uh, Palace have overperformed by six and Norwich have underperformed by six. It you know it shows you how that can really have an impact and and, and the fine line you, you can you can tread in terms of overperformance and underperformance. I do I I agree in terms of I feel as if they are good to watch. I feel as if they have a plan and a structure. I feel as if they have an identity under Farker. Um, but ultimately, it's I think if you're not, I don't think they're physical enough. I, mean, yeah, that's, I, I think that's I, I think that's a big problem. I'd agree with that, yeah. And I think 
still, and we're finding this with Liverpool to an absolute insane degree. I think you've got to be good in both boxes, and I think that yeah, it, I think neither the, can be neither can apply at the moment. Yeah, well, I think one of the terms that seems to have become a little bit famous on this show is the the concept of an output merchant, mm. and I think they maybe lack output merchants yeah. at the business end of the pitch. I don't get me wrong; I rate some of the players: Cantwell, Buendia, Pugi. They're good players, but just those those players that are obsessed with just delivering, like Mo Salah, mm. and a player that looks a bit. Someone who looks a bit more rough around the edges, sort of thing, when you're watching him. But he will. You look at the end of the season, he's, and he scores 25 times. Can I just pivot for a second? What, what What's the difference between them and Sheffield United? Well, I got asked actually um, by Tom Marshall Bailey, and I doubt he's listening. But <laughs> if he is, he, I, I, I got asked by him at the start of the season, before the season kicked off, actually about the three promoted teams, and he was. Um, I can't remember his exact view, but I remember saying to him that I think Norwich will struggle and I think Sheffield United will do well. And the reason I said that is because I think Sheffield United have a playing style that's more translatable mm. to the Premier League and is less, as I said before, there's less burden on the individual quality of the players at Sheffield United in comparison to Norwich. I think Norwich's style, like City's style, is very suited to dominating the opposing team. They can dominate in the Championship because the players are better on an individual exactly. basis. But if you come up to the Premier League and you're facing players that are either at least on the same level as you, if not better than you, you're probably not going to dominate for the whole match. And if you if you dominate for 80%, the 20% that you don't, you're probably going to concede clear-cut shots mm. and they tend to find the net. Uh, so I'm not surprised by... by well. I didn't think to be fifth, Sheffield United. I think they are fifth, aren't they? I think I think they are at the moment. So this, yeah, I think yeah because of the midwinter break, they got to play the game more than some teams, but they're at the minute the fifth. Yeah, perhaps I didn't, you know, predict them <laughs> to do that well, but I did think they'd be they were the team I tipped as most likely to stay up, and I thought Norwich would struggle. So on Sheffield United, just really quickly, I know this isn't a Sheffield United pod. Just looking at their expected points, they're only overperforming by two points. Yeah, no, they're, 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 they're well worth where they yeah, are. Yeah, they've deserved everything they've, everything they've got. And I, I think they epitomise for me pragmatic but progressive modern football at the same time, similar to Liverpool. A um, little bit more on Norwich there. So we said they're the 14th for expected goals, but they're actually 17th for goals scored um, and the 15th for expected goals against, but they're actually joint bottom for goals conceded with Aston Villa. So overall, they've underperformed in attack and defence by a total of about 15, 16 goals. Again, it's the swing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Liverpool have probably overperformed by about that in total. I think they have, actually. And that just comes back to, you know, just managing certain situations, the individual quality of your attackers and your defenders. And if you put Alisson Becker in goal for Norwich and maybe Mohamed Salah up front for them, where do you think they're finishing? I think they're finishing much higher, but that yeah, way. definitely. Uh, so I think it's interesting. Likewise, Liverpool wouldn't be top if they had Tim Krul and <laughs> yeah, in Cersei, right? oh, oh, Hernandez. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's not <laughs> happening. Um, and if you if you look at their actual XG numbers each week, uh, they they don't tend to get well beaten very often. No, Norwich. But I think people portray them as I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a team from a promoted team from years gone by who were just who were so fragile that they just got battered every week like a derby or a, or yeah, a Sunderland yeah, or yeah. yeah that's one of them teams that's just so fragile and stuff like that but Norwich aren't really that 
in terms of performances, at least you have to do, you have to beat them. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's not just a case of turning up. Well, I'm just having a look here at the home games. So let's 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 add the Liverpool game in Anfield as well. So this is their XG. Let's ignore how much they've conceded. Let's just look at the goal scored against Liverpool: 0.84. Against Chelsea home: 1.08. Against Manchester City: 1.74. Against Manchester United, zero point eight nine. Against uh, Everton away, let's you know that they 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 were being touted as a top team, one point eight one. Um, a home to Arsenal, zero point eight one. Uh, Leicester away, one point one six. You know these are all really really decent returns. Even in the defeat to uh, to Tottenham recently, one point three six. So these ga- these are games that by and large they're losing, but. The, the, the creating chances, okay, at the other end that they're also conceding a lot, but they are dangerous going forward, and, and we saw that at Anfield. And um, you know, t- t- we we all know about how, what 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 was going on with City at the start of the season, and the fact that they weren't conceding many chances, but they were conceding really high quality ones. So that you can attest that to that. But at the same time. It, 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 there's, there's, this isn't a side who just basically will turn up, go into the fetal position and uh, and die. It, it's going to be a, not actually a difficult game for Liverpool, but th- there's something about them. I'd, I'd I'd rather go to Bournemouth than Norwich. Yeah. I think. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think what we're getting at is that they're a team that can actually compete on the pitch. Mm. You're not just going to walk all over them. Uh, just for a little bit of perspective on the next GA recently against the teams that they've faced. So against Newcastle in the most recent match, their XG was 1.5, Newcastle's was 0.8. You'd expect Norwich to win that, but they drew 0-0. That's Newcastle though as well, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> Talk uh, about overperformance. I know, I looked at that recently, it was it's like the Da Vinci Code. Or <laughs> um, a week earlier, they faced Spurs, uh, the expected goals... 1.8 for Norwich, 1.9 for Spurs. That's a draw, but Spurs win 2-1. And it's just been a case of things like that throughout the season. Is that FB ref? That, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on the stat, but it's a similar sort of story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a case of them being Good a model. decent side, being yeah. relatively well coached. I think they've done the right thing, keeping the man in charge. You know, not not just jump, jump on a gun and sacking them, trying to get like a, an analyse figure in. I think they'll be healthy in the long term for what they're doing. But they're just a team that, despite being able to compete to a degree, they just they're not that great at the business ends. That both business ends. Uh, one thing they do have though, they have players. They have a group of players with what I would deem as high ceilings. Plenty of players that I'm sure Premier League teams will be looking at, considering that they're virtually guaranteed to go down now. I do think Norwich have some um, cash flow problems in terms of not being able to really reject transfer bids that are respectable I don't think they're in a position to do that to be honest I hope that they don't go down a Monaco route and sell literally them all yeah. in the same summer I hope that doesn't happen but I'm thinking Jamal Lewis uh, Cantwell Pookie Aarons Godfrey and I know you're a fan of you're a fan of Emmy Buendia I am I'd just like to say we did I remember flagging them on the first day of the season I think you were still a regular yeah I yeah. was we flagged them as the you know the danger that Liverpool were going to face, and I think he actually got an assist against us. But he's a talent, isn't he? He, he really, really is. He, he's the one. If you're going to sort of say who Liverpool should go for, you look at Max Adams and you go, well, you know, 
the problem with the fullbacks is that I don't see how they displace Robertson yeah, and, yeah. and Trent. Um, for me, Buendia obviously fits a, 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 a part of the squad that, that might need filling. Um, he plays on the right-hand side. Uh, we, we were talk, talking before we started recording about how he's a little bit of a wild card. He's, he's not necessarily a Liverpool fit in that sense of, of you know, he, he may be defensively isn't the best you know maybe needs a bit of tactical instruction but you know he's still only 24 so he can, he can be coached there um, and he sort of f- would fulfil the, the Shaqiri role which I think might be coming free in the summer just you know the, the reason I like him is, is you know zero goals seven assists but that doesn't really tell the story in general um, in terms of expected assists paid 90 if you look at the top 10 in the Premier League it's a whole host of Man City players, five of them. De Bruyne, Mahrez, Silva, Silva and uh, Sterling. Then you've got two Liverpool players, Trent and Salah. You've got Pascal Gross, um, but he's a set-piece taker, isn't he? Yeah, is but it? I would like to point out he's an output merchant. That he is an out, yeah, he, he showed is. up years and years ago at, oh, who was he contacted to before uh, Brighton? German side, lower leagues. Mines. No, it was like a, an Augsburg or something like that. Um but he showed up as a player who was playing for the team that just weren't good, but he was posting creative numbers that were way beyond the level. And it was no surprise, really, that he was signed by Brighton, who were run by, you know, Tony Bloom, the whole, the whole analytics and stuff like that. So they obviously picked up on him. Ingolstadt. Ingolstadt, that was it, yeah. Uh, and also Lee Smoussey, which really interested me, actually. Um, I, sh- I should say that this top 10 is all of players um, who've played the 1,000 minutes or more in the Premier League. But Wendy is in there. He's uh, he's eighth. Um, it's 0.31. Um, expected assists per 90, which, you know, will put him third in Liverpool. Well, he's level with Mo Salah. Um, and he's pretty much level with Chance Alexander-Arnold as well. So, you know, that just goes to show you. And that's from a fairly big sample size of pretty much 1,800 minutes. So he, he creates... Um, I just, I like the look of him. I think he's an attacking player who would fit him well. I think obviously Norwich are going down. Um, I look at some of his, you know, he, he, 6.73 dribbles per, per 90 uh, with a 53% success rate. Liverpool obviously aren't big dribblers and, you know, you could say is that because they don't want to be or because they haven't got the players who, who can. Um, 4.22 interceptions. Per 90, that's not bad at all. Yeah, Um, About seven, just under seven recoveries per game, per 90. Um, And 33% of those are in his own, in the opposition half. So again, it it feels like there is a a player there. Um, And again, you know, obviously he hasn't scored. I think he'd probably have to, he'd have to improve his output. You know, I think the big zero next to his goals is a, is a problem. Has he not Um, scored? He's not scored. That's, so that's a problem. Um, they would have to sort that. Um, but I'll I just have that... a look at his XG, actually. His XG is 1.84, so yeah, he's not. Yeah, I think he would be in the Shaqiri mode, wouldn't he? Mm. he? He wouldn't be the absolute Liverpool main target in Europe, mm. but that would be just another smart move from Liverpool exploiting a certain situation. Mm. So the fact that he's gone down, the fact that he's at a club that need the money. Mm-hmm. How old is he again? 24. He's 24, creative player. If we do lose Shaqiri, we'll probably get more money for Shaqiri than the Norwich will charge for mm. Buendia. And as I'd assume, I don't think but Norwich will be able to charge more than 30 million for Buendia. No, I don't think so. Do you know, do you know what I like about him as well? And this, this sounds, he's a right-footed player who plays on the right. 
And that always, I'll tell you why I like that. It's because when Manny came, he felt like a bit of a, a throwback because there's so many inverted wide players now where you have Salah who's left footers and plays on the right. You've got Mane now who is right foot and plays on the left. Um, but Buendia, what you've got there is somebody who's comfortable already playing on the right. But if you wanted to mould him and make him play on the left and have him cut inside, you could do that as well. So I think there's a player there to mould. And to be fair, again, I think Farker is a, is a decent manager who's probably done half of the work there already. So that's why... I'd, uh, he's the one I'd, I'd look at, and I, w- I wouldn't be surprised the Liverpool way looking at him. Yeah, he's been an insistent one to keep track of, but because I think I can't remember saying, it, but I'm sure we'll have said on that first episode this season that um, he's the type of player that you need to keep an eye on in terms of Willis' Willis' ability to translate into a higher level. Obviously, it is, which is impressive considering he's playing for the team that's twentieth in the league. He signs a new contract in the summer as well. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a relegation release clause in that. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. Um, another little area that we haven't really picked up on regarding his numbers, uh, shot assists. So, again, despite playing for the twentieth for the team 20th in the league, he's averaged 2.3 shot assists per 90. So, he's assisting two to three shots per match um, playing for the worst team in the league. Yeah. Obviously, he's, he's clearly just one of the naturally creative players the issue would be, as you say, you've got to start finding that more. Mm. You've got to be more of an actual threat. I mean, you're shooting this season 1.35 times per 90. Uh, that's that's low. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether that would improve at Liverpool, and I'm sure Klopp would be the type to actually look at that and make it improve. I mean, could you could you possibly compare them to a more... an Adam Lallana with end product? to an extent yeah I think so it's like he's got that technique hasn't he mm. he's got the close control bit of glue in the final third yep. but he's actually got an assist in his game and a few shot assists in his game whereas Lallana tends to be obviously very pleasing on the eye but his actual output tends to go missing a bit yeah I'd go along with that I actually also think the more we talk about him and I would like Liverpool to have him he's more of a City player <laughs> yeah he is yeah. He's, he feels more of a, of a City type of player he, he can just supply the bullets for Aguero, etc., to, to fire. Yeah, I think it would epitomise the difference between Liverpool and United, to be honest. If Liverpool were to go for Buendia and pay 25 million, maybe, while United go and pay 80 for Madison. Yep. Because they're very, very similar players. Yep. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that works out. It's interesting to see uh, where these Norwich players end up in the summer, if anywhere. Uh, one little prediction that I did make on Twitter a couple of months ago that I would like to make official on this podcast. Prediction, Todd Cantwell to Leicester. Brendan Rodgers, he's an absolute Rodgers player, Cantwell. I know um, your thoughts on Rodgers. So basically what you're saying <laughs> by saying he's a Rodgers player is someone who looks pleasing on the eye, but there's very little actual output, but it'll pop up now and then with a moment that you remember. Yes, to an extent. <laughs> I think Cantwell's got a bit more output than than a typical Rodgers player. Though. I do I do actually like, like Cantwell, um, but he's, he's that type of player in terms of a little bit lightweight, Technically very, very good. Close control. Technical footballer. Uh, that would suit Rodgers, I suppose, in the final third and things like that. But in terms of actually an output merchant, you could probably sign someone who's going to deliver more for you. But he's the type of player that Rodgers, I think, will watch on match of the day and absolutely love him. So uh, possibly you know, keep an eye on that one at least. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. But we'll move on anyway to 
what feels like one of the biggest matches. It feels like a big match because Liverpool haven't... It doesn't feel like we've had one for a few months now, considering the league's been... Well, not in your case, at least. You don't think that, do you? But I think it's been showing up for at least two months now. Um, so I've got after to go and do it anyway in the Champions League. So first of all, once the draw was actually made, what were your general thoughts on it? Little, was you concerned or yeah? I was, or? I was a little bit worried. Um, I think what you got to remember is when the draw was made, Liverpool had just kind of scraped through um, the Champions League group. Yeah. Um, second year in a row. Second year in a row needed. And don't get me wrong, it was a decent performance against Salzburg. But you know, in a weaker group than the season before, did you know just managed to get through there? Um, I think I was concerned because mainly because of. The, Full disclosure, I haven't watched La Liga much this season. I've, I've probably seen Atletico a little bit in the Champions League, but I haven't really watched much of them in domestically because I don't have whatever package you need, which means that you need to <laughs> climb up onto your roof with an antenna on your head to, to get it. Um, but it's Simeone, and you're thinking of all the teams Liverpool could do without playing over two legs, it's probably a Simeone one. Um, even from a, p- a perspective of just trying to give them a basically if it's Leon you, you, you can rest on the ball a lot you yeah. can conserve energy it doesn't feel like it's going to be 90 grueling minutes twice over whereas at Let's Go it feels like this is what I thought when the, the draw was made it'll be a real game because in my mind it's the at Let's Go of old yeah I think so too um, well <laughs> I don't we'll, we'll move on to this but I don't know if that's we'll, we'll the case get, now we'll get into it anyway yeah but my initial thoughts on it was, and I say everything here with the obvious caveat that Liverpool, I appreciate Liverpool the best team in Europe. So this isn't me taking a defeatist attitude. I still think, no matter what I say right now, I still think Liverpool are the favourites. I still think Liverpool will go through. But based on the opponents we could have drawn, I think Atletico was the worst the worst opponent for us. Um, and the reasons I thought that was because a, I think Liverpool, I've said this before, Liverpool are, I think, able to shock European teams when we face them because of the, the pace and the tempo of our play and the fitness and the intensity, mainly. Um, they just opposing teams from other countries just can't live with it because they're not used to it. Barcelona had their hands on the knees at the new camp. Mm. Uh, but I think Atletico are one of the few that seem to be able to match that. Simeone's obviously a very intense character and I think that's so I think they've got that on their side. I don't think we'll shock them that much in that regard. They're obviously very well coached, very organised. Um and they have a style, a playing style that to me is suited to European competition, to knockout competition. Um I think we're unlikely to blow this team away as we have Porto Porto and certain other teams in the past. Um I think this will be a 180 minute tie probably at least at least in comparison to who else we could have faced um, but since you know has that perception changed it's all how are you viewing it now a bit more confidence yeah I think Liverpool, you seemed more confident today yeah 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 I, I think Liverpool will, will go over there and, and you know legitimately give them a, a say and two <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I, ju- I just feel like, again, it's going back to the, the, the... They don't really... We know that they're really defensively good, but I don't think they'll have played a team who move in the 
patterns and the directions that Liverpool move in. I think they're used to maybe playing against the Barcelona side, you'd largely play the ball in front of them. I think they're probably used to playing against the Real Madrid side who, you know, are what Real Madrid are. And I know that they obviously they, they played Juve twice and, you know, they were close games, they played Barca twice, close games. But I just feel as if they probably haven't faced anybody on this level for a good few years in terms of probably since they've, they've got up against Real Madrid in, in the Champions League, in terms of Europe, I certainly think. And I think Europe is different to a domestic game. Um, I, I look at their team on paper and I'm not actually, I, I, there's no one, I'm not fearful of anyone. And I know we've just been talking about the collective around Norwich and obviously the collective around Atletico is, is important. But you look at the team and I don't think I would swap any player on their team for any player on Liverpool's team. Um, and the only other thing as well is that I think the, they're going to play a 4-4-2 by the looks of things. Yeah. And I just think that formation is prime for Liverpool to, to gobble them up <laughs> in the midfield, isolate the full-backs and ultimately, yeah, um, see, see, see them off. I, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp went 4-2-3-1 for this actually. Yeah, because I think he's yeah, I really wouldn't really wouldn't be surprised in that sense. The one thing I am interested in as well is that we are going to see Sadio Mane against Kady and Trippier at the Wanda Metropolitano again. I don't think we are. Are we not? I think he's injured. Is he injured? Yeah. Right. I mean, well, let's scrap sadly, that. I don't know who the backup is. To be honest, I'll have a look. I'll but have that, a look. That, that brings me on to the point. Anyway, that would have been really, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> they have got a lot of injuries as well. Actually, I didn't mean to bring that up. But well, you just got a lot of injuries. You just mentioned there about not being fearful of any of their players. They've actually got a number of players out injured at the minute. So currently on the injured treatment table, you have Diego Costa, Jose Jimenez. Kieran Trippier, Santiago Arias, Joe Felix and Alvaro Morata. Um, and one thing I will say, I, I, I agree with what you've seen before, by the way, in terms of they do have a really, really good defence, very, very good defence, which we will capture in the numbers in a minute. But I agree that defending in Spain is completely different to the defending Liverpool. I agree that Liverpool test you by going behind you, in front of you, round you, whatever it may be, whereas Spanish teams tend to, as you say, do everything in front of you. Spanish teams don't tend to have, you know, fast outlets that are, that are like to run in behind you and drag you all over the place and things like that. So I agree on that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're currently fourth in La Liga anyway, and I think a lot of people will be inclined to look at that and, and think that the you know, they're, a, they're an average team, but I do think it's important to actually capture how good their defence is. Um, they've, they've conceded 15 goals at the minute in La Liga in 23 matches. That's bettered only by Real Madrid, who they're probably another team that a lot of team that a lot of people are saying they're not as good as used to be. But again, Real Madrid are another team that very, very good this season defensively. Um, and funny enough, I'm just looking at the, the, the Madrid derby that, that took place. I think it was the Copa del Rey. And uh, Carvajal, Varane, Ramos, Mendy. I mean, that's not a bad no. back four, is it? Yeah, so they're actually a team I, I'm tipping a little bit this year. Well, because it's them. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, of course they have, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, w- I would expect them to have a good tournament again, mm. uh, based on what to do in this season, at least. Just really quickly, and I, I can't believe they've done this to me, but the, the right back is the Croatian lad whose name I'm not even going to try and 
I'm guessing it begins with a V. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot yeah, from yeah, Sassuolo. Yeah. It's Vestral, Vestralco. Yeah, like, but in terms of expected goals against Atletico's defence is the best in Spain. They've been expected to concede 16.8. Um, and if you want to look at the Champions League as well, Champions League numbers, they had the lowest expected goals against from the whole group stage. They were expected to concede over the course of their six matches only 3.5 goals. And that was in the group with Juve, Leverkusen and Moscow. Not an easy group, that to be fair. No, it's not. Um, they just like, are clearly, definitely still in the mould of what they used to be on the defensive side. Problem is, they, they can't really attack, can they? They've got Alvaro Morata, and I know that that will probably come back. And, well, if he's fit, will bite me on the backside. I remember putting, a, not a sizable bet, but I remember backing him for the top goal scorer in his second season at Chelsea because his XG was so... He so underperformed his XG in his first season at Chelsea, I thought. He's getting the chances and he's a good player. He's going to have to start scoring. But if you look at his career, his he underperforms in front of goals so much. I have no idea how he's a striker. Yeah, he's weird, isn't he? He's he's incredible. I don't know how he's moved for so much money on so many occasions when you yeah. look at him. So um, I've just got to go in on him here. Oh, okay. uh, sorry, just really, really quickly. So out of so since 2014, 15. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons. A couple of half seasons actually, but he's only overperformed his XG twice. How many seasons? Five. So 14, 15. So 14, 15, 15, 16, 16, 17, 18, 19, 19, 20, 20, 21. Six seasons. Okay. He's only overperformed his XG twice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's how how at the what's, minute. What's the full total that he's been expected to score? Sixty, and he scored fifty nine, which okay. isn't actually that bad. That's but it's not that, yeah, I don't, because I don't he overperformed a lot in his two, when he's hot, he's hot. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Definitely. two seasons he was hot was Real Madrid sixteen seventeen plus and pro- Juventus fourteen fifteen. Yeah, plus he's probably benefited a lot from substitute appearances there. Uh, and nicking goals, yeah. you know, late in the match when it's open and things yeah. like that. The, the last three seasons, basically, he's underperformed by three goals, one and a half goals, one and a half goals, three goals. Okay. Um, but that, that that was a theme that I got throughout. If you look at the strikers and, and just the team in general, they're all underperforming in front of goal. It's, it's yeah. remarkable. What I would say there is, you know, at best, and this is at best, he's an average finisher. Mm. And I think if you're facing Liverpool... You don't really tend to get easy chances. You tend to get chances that are from weird angles mm-hmm. and you've got players in front of you and things like that. So that doesn't bode well for a player like him. Um, another thing I'd like to say about the Atletico squad in general, you mentioned the players earlier. They haven't got very many at all who are quick, no fast players from what I, from what mm-hmm. I remember. Um, Lamar, but he doesn't play. Yeah. Um, and if, you, if, you, if you're a team that face Liverpool and you're from... You know, number one to eleven, slow. That allows Liverpool to basically just just pen you in for large periods with the with the awareness that any ball over the top isn't going to hurt us because we've got Van Dijk, we've got Gomez, and players like that. They've just brought back Carrasco. Oh, he can okay, be yeah, quite Carrasco, quick, yeah. and he's not really registering yet on any of these metrics. Yeah, no, he is quick. Yeah, but they've only got they've only got two, sorry, three players really. It's, you know, a bit of a small sample size. But if you ignore those, but they only got three players who are averaging. Two shots or more per ninety. Yeah, that's not a lot. It's, it's really not. No, well, I might as well say now. Marata is actually their top scorer in in the league. I think this is 
have to double check that with seven goals. Uh, then Correa on four goals, and then a group of about five players on two goals. Yeah. And just for perspective, Liverpool have one play with fourteen, one play with eleven, one play with eight, and Van Dijk has actually got three, which is more than Van Dijk would be Atletico's third top scorer if he was over there. Just and that's with just three goals. You'd think he score more from set pieces. Yeah, well, I'll have to look into that actually because I'm not sure if they're still doing them as well as they used to. I know Diego Godin used to get on the, <laughs> on the end of a fair few of them. Um, but on, on their attack, they're actually fifth in La Liga for XG, which isn't it's not that bad. Um, but they've been expected to score 31 and found the net 23 times. So that's an underperformance of about eight goals. So obviously, even if their attack and play isn't that bad, they just they can't hit a barn door, really. Uh, there was a team earlier in the season like painted like it, Watford it was mm. Watford were coming to Liverpool and I remember saying on the pod they've got a decent attack they will create some chances but they absolutely can't hit the target well, what and, happened? and that's exactly <laughs> what happened yeah, at Anfield um, just having a look at the, in the league anyway Atletico um, they scored from two corners and two set pieces yeah so there's there's four goals but then again they've only scored 18 from open play so yeah but I think I think in terms of the Atletico of old they used to be the type of team that could defend as well as this, mm. but they'd absolutely punish you at the opposite end when they were given a sniff. And I'm not sure they've, they've got that about them anymore. Um, whether they would if Costa was playing every week, I'm not sure. Miss Griezmann, don't they? They miss Griezmann, yeah. Griezmann took chances. Griezmann scored from set pieces, things like that. Um, for me, they're still overall the third best team in Spain. Uh, so that's we're, Liverpool is still facing the third best team in Spain. We're, we're still facing a team with... Top five defense in Europe, I think, but at the top five defense that doesn't isn't used to facing a team as adaptable and flexible as Liverpool in terms of the various different ways we can hit you. So it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Um, so just just a little prediction on how you think the actual the tie will go, I suppose, or the first leg at least. We'll go with the first, first leg. leg. <laughs> I think Liverpool win three or four nil. Do you? Yeah. I just feel like they'll absolutely blow okay. them away. I don't know. I don't. You know. I, I know that's not very analytical of me, but I just, <laughs> I just feel like Liverpool can. I just feel like everyone's expecting a really tough game, and I understand why. I just think an early goal for Liverpool will flummox Atletico, and I think, as I said before, I don't think they've really played anything quite like Liverpool. The only thing that maybe could stop that, um, I think, on the okay, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I think on the XG, Liverpool will win by two or three goals. <laughs> okay. Um, we should reference. We haven't even mentioned they've got all black and gold. I mean, this is what I was leading up to, but you can't discount a, a Jan Oblak masterclass. So that's interesting. Actually, I hadn't even thought Oblak against Salas. Yeah, two of the best keepers two, in the world for me. The two best in the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, XG wise, Liverpool will batter Atletico. It's just you might run into Oblak. It's actually quite interesting. Liverpool might get a taste of their own medicine there of, of, yeah. of meeting a goalkeeper who's almost impenetrable. Yeah, I actually. It's difficult because it's just it's just difficult. But I, I'm gonna paint a different picture. I think um, they paint they paint the picture for me of the type of team that for 180 minutes of the tie they're gonna be in it in terms of like a goal away or max two goals away and that sort of thing. Do you think it's gonna be tense around field with 20 to go kind of vibe? Possibly, possibly. Yeah, you can't obviously account for how how poor their finishing is. So if they just if they just can't finish, then obviously it'll be a bit of a different story. But just 
to provide a bit of context on why I think that they've played Juventus twice this season. 2-2 draw and he lost 1-0. They've played Barcelona twice this season. 1-0 loss and then he won 3-2. And they've faced Real Madrid three times this season. They've drew 0-0 twice and they've lost 1-0. Obviously, one goal is the max separation in all of those matches there. And they're against top teams. Obviously, I appreciate Liverpool are a bit different. But this is just a team that you just you, ne- you never really truly beat in terms of putting them to the sword. So, as good as Liverpool are, I will admit that I'd be surprised if we did that. Um, and I think if if I was to paint how they are as a team, if I was to compare them to a Premier League side, I'd say they're a bit of a cross between maybe a Wolves and a Sheffield United type in terms of being really aggressive on your toes, well-organised, difficult to break down, but supposed to be at least good on the break. Mm. Um, and what if you if you think of Wolves and Sheffield United, would you expect to, to really demolish them? You, you, I wouldn't personally, just because of the, the nature mm. of the team, the mentality of the side, the intensity, how well they're drilled and stuff like that. Uh, I must admit, they're not in good form, Atletico. Uh, in the past four matches, at least based on XG beneath the surface, they don't they haven't deserved to win any of their past four matches in La Liga, and that's against Ibar, Leganes, Real Madrid, and Granada. So obviously they're not in good form. Liverpool, obviously the better team here, in the better form, more momentum and stuff like that. But I'm just not sure if this will be another one of those where we win it in the first leg. What do you think? No, that's that's. I mean, I, I I can't say I agree because I've obviously just said Liverpool are win about five 0 But yeah, I know I know I know exactly what you mean. And what I would also say is that I think Liverpool's chances of of going through in this tie, um, no matter how high they are, anyway, in my opinion, it would be better if they were home first. Yeah, I feel like there is that possibility where Atletico could completely the other end of the spectrum to what I just said but they could get a a, a 1-0 or a 1-1 or a 0-0 and then that all of a sudden you know don't get me wrong you're back in Liverpool still to to come through you're back in Liverpool against anybody but there is an opportunity where and there's a scenario where it is quite nervy and um, I I do think if it was at Anfield I think again they they would potentially be blown away just by don't get me wrong they'll be used to playing in a good atmosphere and you know intense atmospheres but I think they could be blown away at Anfield. I think it might be a little bit more tense. It, it depends how Simeone approaches it, but I think we probably know how we will approach it. I just think if Liverpool can get an early goal, maybe from a set piece, I think that'll just open up the uh, the game for them. Yeah, I mean, I, sh- I should say that in, in terms of the way the actual match will go on the pitch, I do think Liverpool will completely dominate for virtually the whole three-hour period of both ties, uh, uh, both matches, just because of the lack of pace at Atletico and the defensive nature of their game, I think Liverpool will just be able to control the pitch because they've got faster players in, in every area. They're obviously a very dominant team anyway, Liverpool. So I can see Liverpool dominating completely. But to actually generate what you would deem to be a clear-cut chance against this team, you're probably not going to get many. I haven't actually checked their expected goals per shot against just the general clear-cut nature of each shot they face, because it's probably low. I mean, I would guess it's low. I'll check that now. But uh, they're just the type of team that... I don't know. I think they can... It's very stubborn and things like that. As I said, I wouldn't put it past Liverpool to find ways through this team. I wouldn't put it past Liverpool to be quite comfortable. I think the play will certainly be quite comfortable, and Atletico will be looking to like 
basically living moments sort of thing. But I think historically, at least, they've, be, they've been quite good in living in those moments and making advantage of any set pieces they get. But I think that I, I do think they've got a, a real lack of pace in attack. Like, and if they're going to focus on counter attacking us, how do they counter attack us with Marate and Costa and players like that when we've got Van Dijk and Gomez in, in centre half? I, I'm aware as well that I've gone absolutely wild with my prediction there, but ultimately I'm probably not going to be on next week. <laughs> uh, so I don't have to face the music if Atletico win 2-0. No, but but you, you, you I agree. I, 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 think, I don't think Atletico... I think Atletico's best opportunities will be from set pieces. But Liverpool are really, really good at defending set pieces. Yeah, I mean, you say that though, about the whole, you know... The brave prediction that you've given it, it, I wouldn't rule that out with this Liverpool team. Mm. It is possible. I'm just, um, I don't know, maybe giving them a bit more respect than they should. I don't know. I've Do you just, think they go through Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, I think we go through, yeah. And I think we could fully go through over both legs without even conceding. Mm. But I just don't know if we'll score as many as we used to in these mm. in these knockout rounds. Like we scored, how many did we score against Porto last season? And then we went to Bayern. Six, and then, yeah. We went to the Allianz Arena and scored three over there. Mm. Um, then who did we face? From Barcelona. But well, we scored four of them <laughs> Barcelona. Uh, and we created more chances in the new camp to actually find a net, even though we didn't. Just a little bit on that XGP shot. The whole of Europe's top five leagues, Atletico are top for expected goals against per shot, which means that of all the shots that Atletico face compared to every other team in Europe's top five leagues theirs is the, the worst quality so it's you're not getting good chances against no, them no that's what I'm trying yeah. to say yeah the difficulty of the average shot against Atletico is as, as good as you can get it really so you're not going to get many clear cut chances against them so Liverpool have got to take their opportunity ultimately yeah when they come yeah or finish from a relatively difficult angle or outside the box which I addressed last week we don't tend to do much no. of uh, or make use of set pieces so it'll be an interesting one um, so and you'd like to add there or no no, no? You, you didn't give any predictions for Norwich I was just going to say yeah, yeah, prediction for Norwich well I'm yeah. going gonna to completely and utterly sort of redeem well not redeem myself absolve myself of any source of credibility um, I think Liverpool might actually drop a couple of points do you? Okay. I'm just slightly worried about the midwinter break um, and I think Basically, Norwich have probably been preparing for this every single day. As have Liverpool, obviously, but mm. I just think it's the type of game where I'm not saying Liverpool could get caught cold. They don't get caught cold anymore. I just think they could give Liverpool something to think about in defence, which other teams haven't recently. Um, and after two weeks off, I think that well, ten days. I think well, I suppose it is two weeks, isn't it, for for the first team? I think that's just something that that might. I, I think if Liverpool were, were playing directly after a, another game in the week, I'd have no problems. But I think it might be a, a two-two. Okay, I think for me, I think the the general competition between both boxes will be quite quite strong, considering it's first against twentieth. I think there'll be a bit of bit of competition there, but I do think Liverpool have too much at both ends mm. for Nor- for, for Norwich basically. So I, I think I'm going to go for about 2 0 3 1, something like that. Um, but what about what about Atletico? Let's go 4 0. 4 0, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
if, if that happens, we are getting you back on next week, of course. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, I was, I was. In fact, you've been host next I mean, week. If that, if that happens, but do you remember I was one goal away against Man City from having me <laughs> yeah. kicked around my head? Yeah. Um, I was. Did I, 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 I was. What did, they, what did I say? Something about having no kicks underneath the desk or something? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Liverpool four, Man City one. And I finished three one. And I finished three one, and Liverpool had chances for the fourth day. And I was texting you and David that day, going, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's on!" But no, sadly, our kicks remained on. Yeah, I'm going to go for performance-wise, pretty dominant from Liverpool. But I'm going to go maybe one nil. Liverpool. One nil Liverpool. Yeah, <sighs> possibly two. But I, I really can't see them finding the net against. It's like it's just a case of how well we break through them. And how how intent we are on if we break through them once, whether we sit on that or whether we keep going, sort of thing. That'll be you know, I'll be interested to see how we see the game state there. But I think I'm going to go one nil Liverpool, possibly two. But I think I'm siding with the one. So we'll be back next week anyway. See how it goes to address those predictions and review the matches. But uh, thanks for stepping in this week, Chris. No problem. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Dave will be back next week. Uh, hopefully, he catches the games. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. See you next week. You've been listening to the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel.